thrusters won't stop firing. I think I'm being followed. My dad is turning green, like literally green. My last nav check put me on the range point four. This is control. Be reasonable. Keep calm and remain on the guard frequency. Welcome, pilots. You're tuned to the guard frequency because, as all good pilots know, when you're out in the deep black, you want to keep one ear on the guard. This is episode 238 of the best damn space sim podcast ever, recorded on Friday, November 16th, and made available for download on Tuesday, November 20th, 2018, over at guardfrequency.com. I'm Ken Shadow. I'm Tony. And I'm Jeff. And Tony's dream, it's never quite as it seems. Never quite as it seems, right, Ken Shadow? That's right, Jeff. Remember, folks, Guard Frequency is not a one-way conversation. We welcome your comments over at GuardFrequency.com and Discord.GuardFrequency.com. You can also reach us on Twitter at GuardFreak or Facebook.com forward slash GuardFreak. Your feedback's an important part of what we do, so hit us up. Tell us what's on your mind. If you like what you hear, you can subscribe to our shows at feeds.guardfrequency.com or by searching for us on iTunes. And if you're not doing anything Friday nights, then you should come and join us at 10.30 p.m. Central as we record Guard Frequency Live over at twitch.tv forward slash guardfreak. Do you like what we do? Want to help us make the best damn space sim podcast ever? You can always support the show by visiting our website, clicking on that Patreon logo, and becoming a regular subscriber. We want to thank all our Patreons who support us week on week, and we hope you'll consider joining them, because the more support we get, the better show we can make. Just head over to our website and click on the big Patreon logo to help out. And don't forget about our sister productions, Priority One and Heroes Rise. Priority One covers all things Star Trek, from the TV series to the MMO, the novels, the movies, and everything in between. Be sure and check them out over at PriorityOnePodcast.com. Heroes Rise brings you up to date with the world of Dungeons and Dragons. Learn all about the latest publications, tools, tips, tricks, and traps in less time than it takes to skin a wyvern. Head over to HeroesRisePodcast.com to discover their secrets. So the housekeeping is done. Let's get to the show. What do we got in store this week, Brian? In this week's flight deck, we bring you all the headlines from Simulated Space, including the latest news from Star Citizen, Elite Dangerous, and a bit more from Descent. Next, we'll get the news from the Deep Black with Spencer McDunn on Galactic Public Radio. Then Commander Kinetic Impulsor watches your six by covering defensive countermeasures in Nuggets for Nuggets. After that, we continue our audio adventure, Guard Frequency Origins, with more stealth rolls in the hallway. Finally, we open up the feedback loop and let you join on the fun. Lace up your booties, campers. It's time to head out to the flight deck. 3175 Port Bay, hands on approach. Trigger screen, call the ball. Here are the top news bits from the world of space sims. Frontier sends the Mamba and the Phantom to the beta server and they host another live stream showing off the new mining tools and teasing another game feature, Thorgoid Invasion. Well, okay, it's a new sort of quasi-invasion-like kind of behavior. SIG announces a free fly week with daily changes to the try-before-you-buy lineup and another brand new ship. And, not coincidentally, the dot dot patch goes to the PTU, meaning that those of you who bet on the mid-Q4 release for the 3.3.5 are probably going to collect. Speaking of collecting on bets, we're all losers, as it looks like Descent won't be out until after the new year. Also, some hints on the storyline are out. Publishers really do ruin everything. So, uh, I did a little internet sleuthing. 
we'll take these in reverse order. Uh, just checking out, as I sometimes do, what, what news is abounding here and there on the intertubes. And I came across a press release uh, from Interplay. Uh, if you'll recall, Interplay is the, uh, the owner of the trademark for the Descent series. And it turns out that they're calling the game Descent 2019. So chances are we're not actually going to see Descent until after the new year. So, and it, we, we, were, we were arguing last week as well, there's going to be, you know, Black Friday, and some people thought it would be the middle of December before Christmas, but we were all wrong. It's 2019. Uh, but if you order on good old games, if you haven't got in via the Kickstarter or the beta or whatever, you will get a free copy of Descent 3 uh, if you pre order it uh, from any time between now and the game's, or a week after the game's release date which the precise date is still uh, to be announced. But... Is that kind of odd releasing in January? Yes. I guess you have less competition. That's true. You would have... I mean, everybody will have, you know, uh, hopefully still have some money left over in their Steam account from, from Nana and Poppy giving you your, your Steam allowance. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it, it does seem a little strange to me that they, that they aren't kept taking advantage of that. But, I mean, it may, they just may not have enough time in the schedule to get uh, the campaign finished and the QA and all that kind of stuff. So. I visited them a couple of weeks ago, and they were they were definitely banging their heads against it, trying to get it out. So, um, But, I, yeah, I don't. they didn't really give me a hint on the schedule. Yeah, well, like I said, publishers ruin everything. I guess not publishers, but, uh, you know, trademark holders. Uh, Little Orbit didn't let this out. Interplay did. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, via their announcement, uh, their press release, and uh, the... Uh, marketing stuff on good old games. This is uh, how it goes. But we do have kind of a clue as to maybe what the first person campaign is going to be about. I shall quote from the good old games site. Uh, Earth's resources are nearly depleted. Its government's bankrupt. Mankind's last hope for survival lies in the deep pockets of greedy mega corporations and their self-regulated asteroid trade. Always looking for more ways to profit, this space mining competition has become a new form of entertainment, the underground games. Pitch your skills against other pilots as you fight, harvest, and haul. Fly alongside allies and crush competing corps into insolvency. Earn a reputation. Your life depends on your value to your sponsors as you battle to stay atop the leaderboard and send money and supplies to loved ones back on Earth. So... So th- that's not too different from what they stated at their Kickstarter, actually. So that's, no, no, it's a very it's, similar storyline. It's pretty similar, but this kind of fleshes it out a little bit more. The idea right. that you have to please a sponsor, that, right. that speaks campaign to me, right? Your sponsor gives you some some marching orders as to what they want you to do next. Yeah. Um, well, it's supposed know. to be a prequel to the original Descent. So right. you're supposed to see like the – because and, and the original Descent was all about corpse run amok, you know, mm-hmm. and so you're supposed to see the build up to – I mean, the corpse are already amok, but even more so, I guess. In, in the yeah, original. yeah, they're in the reality TV phase of pre-amokness. Yes, you know, which you know, which I you know, I suppose, you know, it's social commentary on our current times as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, with reality TV stars run amok, I, I, I can see some parallels to that. There's some commentary there. We won't get into it, but it's there. Um, uh, so yeah, so I just thought that was a, that that came across my radar as I was kind of uh, uh, wandering about the inner tubes this week. So I thought I'd pass that along. So. Ken from Chicago has a nice statement about this being basically the drone version of Hunger Games. Yeah, yeah, that's, I think that's the idea. But I, I saw in that, and I saw, like I said, I saw a couple of clues to how they were going to approach the campaign uh, story in that, and so I think that I think that'll that'll 
as we were saying, mesh nicely with the story on the original Descent. So, uh, so we'll look forward to seeing that after Christmas, after the new year, uh, rather than before the new year, as we thought. Hey, just just a quick note to Eric out there. Hey, careful with the whole very soon thing. I would encourage the use of the TM at all times, anytime the word soon goes out there, because, you you know, people you know, people jump to conclusions, like me. So, and speaking uh, of next year, I've been playing a lot of patch 3.3.5. Oh, was that a segue? Yeah. <laughs> we could do that. We could do a segue like that. Sure. So that 3.3.5 is now on the PTU. Right. Uh, wave 2 is what Brian said it was. Yeah, out. It was out. I just read a note that Wave 2 just went out. All right. So wait, wave it was Wave 1 on Tuesday, I believe. Yeah, Wave 1. Tuesday. It was Evocati, I think, uh, end of last week. Yeah, Wave 1 was Tuesday-ish. Wave 1 was subscribers and concierge and people that... There was some other stipulation there where if you had played X number of patches in the last PTU, you got into Wave 1 or something like that. And then Wave 2 was the similar thing, but less patches. So I think it was like five patches for Wave 1 and three patches for Wave 2 or something like that. So again, if you guys want to bump up your your ranks in getting these patches earlier, just play more of the PTU builds and it, um, without even, subs- I mean, you should definitely put things in the issue council, but even without it, submitting things to the issue council, you do increase your uh, potential PTU playtime in future waves. Uh, we, there's speculation, speculation abounds, and I believe it, is that the reason that they dropped 3.3.5 and maneuvered the schedule somewhat is because uh, they intend to get that out for the free fly week that's coming up. Uh, yeah. Starting November 23rd, I believe. So they want to get that out there so that people coming in. Yeah, I think that's the anniversary of something. What was the anniversary? The end of the Kickstarter. Yeah, that's it. And, and it's been the, it's been the, um, oh, I forget the name of it. It's the uh, something trade show that they've done in the past. Okay, well, in any event, they want to get it out there so that the new people coming in have the can see the whole art, uh, not art carp, uh, Hurston uh, planetary stuff uh, and the Lorville environment, uh, and then try all the ships. It's still a, a bit rough. I uh, I went to her. Well, the getting to Hurston was not the problem. Landing on Hurston was the problem. Mm-hmm. The landing pads, right? Landing well, pad, landing in Hurston is, is in, in the PTU until recently has been a, has been murderous. <laughs> it, you, you pretty yeah. much just had to work around it rather than actually do it. I, I blew up once trying to land, um, um, and I have no reason. I don't know why, except I crossed some invisible line, and then um, once I did land, the walking around, I was trying to you know see as how far I could go into the city, and it's not that far. I mean, it seems like it's that far. You take a couple of tram rides, but uh, there's really not a lot to do or see or interact with when you're there. Um, yeah, well, a major part of it is closed, right? The uh, business district is is currently closed on the tram rides, and that's what that, that's supposedly coming in 3.4. So what's open right now is the, all of the city gates. There's four city gates. And they each have a slightly different feel. And each of those is basically just a way to spawn ground vehicles and go out in the environment. 
and then then there's this and then there's the spaceport and the spaceport also has and the I'm sorry the um, oh goodness the center hub or whatever it's called and those and then basically it, it, it kind of the center hub basically gives you all the same stuff as you, you would normally think of from a, a space station point of view it has some basic shops it has the hab modules it has and it has a couple of quest givers and um, but it, it is a fairly big area to run around in and, and unfortunately if you don't pay attention to the signs it's very easy to get lost the first couple of times but there's also a bunch of areas that look like okay they're going to be putting quest givers here or when I come back here this is where I turn in a quest that I don't have yet things like that and there are some quest givers that I'm not sure if they're not if they're not activated now or that they're you have to do something in order to activate them like the the guy they showed in the demo you can go talk to him but I haven't been able to give him get a quest from him and I don't know if it's because other people have the quest currently or if he's not activated or what the case is on the landing pads they did have a bug for a long time if one person was on the landing pads all the other landing pads it wouldn't it wouldn't give any of the other landing pads to anybody else and so um that's the reason that for a long time you'll see people if you if you if you go hover over the landing pads there's like 20 other people just doing circles and just waiting for the landing pads to be free and uh, unbeknownst to them they're never going to be free so um <laughs> The, it's a good thing they don't make you run out of fuel while you're circling. It possibly could. Yeah. Um, the, the the workaround a lot of people have done is they've flown to the city gates. And again, flying around Hurston's problematic because they have a hard deck. And if you if you get into a certain zone, it gives you a big warning. It's like, don't go any lower. And if you go eventually lower, it starts making your screen red. And if you go too low, you, you just die. And, 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 and the only place that you can go down into Hurston is either right above the landing pads or you can go um, to the city gates themselves. And you can't, but you can't get too close to the city gates in either a vehicle that you land or in a vehicle that you take out of the ship in which you landed as well. So you, so the only way to get to it from the city gates is to land basically in a field outside of the range of the city and then run in. Running's not too far. I think it took me like two or three minutes of running to get to the city gates. Um, but it is, uh, it's a little annoying if the pads are full. Um, but you can get in and do that. But they, they, they recently changed 3.3.5 where you spawn defaultly in Hurston, so you don't have to worry. I don't know what they're going to do when they, they bring it to the PU, whether they're just going to have everybody spawn in Hurston. Um, it has definitely slowed down the performance of everything with everybody spawning there, but it's a lot easier to get to rather than having to battle your way there or spend the uh, 15 minutes in, in Quantum to get there. But this is exactly what we're testing for. I mean, this is where they opened up Hurston. We, we found the bugs. We're, we're, we're putting in the tickets and, and, uh, you know, uh, you know, between the performance issues and, and the landing pads and all the other stuff that, that we're finding, this is exactly what they need to know. So it's, well, but I mean, they've got a week. If they're going to try, if they're going to try, I mean, we're, we're making some assumptions here. We're assuming they're going to try to put 3.3.5 into live so people can see Hurston. But it sounds to me like maybe it might not be ready for prime time. It all depends on what I guess you mean by prime time. The whole thing seems stable-ish, right? Like, I, I haven't, mm-hmm. as of the last couple of nights, they, they've been basically been pushing a patch a day almost. Um, they, see, it doesn't really crash a lot for me, and I've only gotten occasional disconnects. So from like a playability point of view, 
like in terms of actually being able to get in and do stuff, you can do it. Um, the only problem is there's definitely some user experience problems that they have and some, right. some gameplay issues. And, yeah. and, and honestly, I don't know if those are really, those really discourage or, or if those are really what the PTU is for per se. Um, letting other as long as it's not crashing and people can run around they may be maybe they're fine giving that to everybody and they'll figure out the ux problems before 3.4 i, I don't know but they're, well, they're 3.4 brings in a whole bunch of changes to hurston so they can do all sorts of stuff in that patch so and, and that's i kind of feel like what what uh uh live is all about i mean it's you're right i have not experienced a lot of crashes i i died once i had one disconnect and uh you know i worked i i snuck into a hangar i just you know got real low and slow and just flew into a hangar when the doors open and 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 parked my butt so you know it it uh uh everything has a work new york style yeah you you saw the opening you just took it alec baldwin was there by your parking meter with his fists out ready 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 to give you a knuckle sandwich yeah right (laughs) <laughs> We're just full of the cultural references tonight, aren't we? <laughs> uh, it's a New York hello. But but I, I agree. I would I agree with Brian in that um, that this is what live's for. This is, live is for stressing the the build and and working out all the little kinks. Well, yeah, but I mean, if you're going to open it up to random anybody, you know, for free, just and you know, let them try all the things out. I mean. The expectation, I think, would be if someone who has heard about Star Citizen is like, eh, I'll give it a try. It's Thanksgiving weekend. I have nothing else to do. Uh, Fallout 76 is not meeting my expectations. Descent isn't out until next year. Good gracious, what am I, what am I going to do? The beta for Elite's not done yet. So I'll jump in and I'll play this, and I can't land my ship again once I take off because there's a there's a thing. Uh, the business district's closed off. Uh, you said the performance might have been not so hot if people are spawning in. I wonder if it's maybe the best idea to show that stuff off now. Maybe three point three. Everyone's a backer, and everybody gets the disclaimer that this is a work in progress, and this is not, not a on a free fly weekend. No, sir, not on a free fly weekend. All you got to do is sign up for a free Robert Space Industry account, and you just log in. I, I, I kind of, I kind of agree, Tony. I'm not sure the dregs of human society would truly appreciate. Um, hey, 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 easy there. Reddit's okay. As is. Um, the, yeah, the, I'm sorry, the dregs of gamer society. My oh. Uh, um, the, uh, I, I don't know. The, I would say don't don't put the default spawn point in Loreville for this thing. But the problem, I think the problem is, is a lot of people are enjoying are to see this big city. Right. That's the problem. If you don't put 3.5 out there, you know, you're kind of missing out on a chance to show it off. If you do put 3.5 out there, you're taking some chances on user experience, like you said. Yeah, I think getting there for a complete novice is not the easiest thing. You have to you have to navigate multiple UI. Um, I'm not going to say hurdles. I don't think there's any problem with the UI itself, but it, it, there's no tutorial. So unless you have at least some experience, you're in for an hour of clicking around to figure out how to how to do things right so if you want people to have the most if you want if you want people to experience Lorville and see this cool grand thing and the trains and the the i haven't been there during nighttime but the pictures look awesome so 
if you want people to experience all those things, I guess it makes more sense to have people spawn there. They're just going to have to deal with a little bit more pain getting into orbit than they would normally. Well, hopefully at least maybe the trains work. So the, you, you know, I have not had any problem with the trains. They oh, work, good. Okay, the they trains work are exactly like you would think trains would fantastic. work. And there's a That's timer smart. and everything. It's just you do have to sit there for like two minutes sometimes and oh. wait for the stupid train. Well, well, good. All right. So the trains are trains are get the check mark. The trains it get the green check mark. Is, and it, it does. It is somewhat immersive. I'm not going to say that they're the. <laughs> I am not a. How to say that? It's not. It's not the best thing. You know, realizing you just missed a damn training, have to wait there. It's not. It's, it's just as frustrating as it's, I would. I would if I was in the real world. Yeah, the real. It's just like. It's just like the real world. You know. Exactly. You swiped your card. You Dude. ran through the turnstile. You got down the stairs. And oh crap! And that, that's truly true. And you do. You do utter <laughs> son of a bitch. You know, right there, right at the. And then there's the awkward silence of the other people on the platform. You yes, try to there, put your eyes NPCs on something. There's standing around with bags in their heads and everything. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. missed the damn train too. <laughs> yeah, man. What about these trains? Man, and missing them and stuff. Uh, so they moved around a couple of things in the roadmap too. Uh, OCS code conversion got moved out of three point three five, uh, and so did background spawning. So a lot of the, some of the background mechanic stuff got got kicked down the road. The stuff that's left basically seems like they're just trying to glue everything together. Which makes which makes me think it, it tips me towards they're trying to get this out for the uh, free fly. That, it tips I, I, me I think they that. had more stability problems than they were originally anticipating, and that it's taken them longer to get it just semi stable. And like I said, and like as Jeff said, I, I think they're mostly there. So it's uh, it's just cleaning right. it up. Well, there they go. Uh, so uh, and they're gonna, there's a new ship for the free fly because what's a what's an event without a new ship to sell? This one's an anvil ship, but it's redacted at this point. We don't know what it is or what but, it does. But because it's part of the free fly and it's part of the cell, it's another one of those jump the the queue uh, pipelines. Yeah, I hate when they do that. It is, but but they can't sell the old stuff. They gotta sell the new we stuff. It's the anvil arrow, but we don't know what kind of ship it is. My guess, it's my skinny. Gu- my guess is it's a light fighter. I'm thinking it's skinny. It could be really long. And skinny, but it's probably skinny. It could be an arrowhead, and may, then it could be short and fat. It could, it could, I don't know. Could go either way. It could look just like a Cobra Mark IV. It could look like a Cobra Mark IV with a pointy nose. <laughs> Speaking of of ship plan, they took the corporate uh, uh, ship out this weekend or this week and gave it its uh, you know break in uh, runs. How's the hot tub? Which corp is this? Jeff's corp. Our corp. Ours. We have we have ships. Anyway, well, I Jeff took, thinks so. Yeah. <laughs> Jeff borrowed a 600i. Yeah. He rented it, and he's calling it out. You know, it's, it's it's what you do like on a fancy business trip or something. You rent the best one that Enterprise has, right? You know, mm-hmm. you're a big spender. So Jeff went out hey, and got I the. I expensed the, everything. Don't, don't, come on. <laughs> he expenses, he's got receipts. <laughs> he's got receipts. It'll be fine. He'll turn it into accounts payable. It'll be fine. It'll, right. right. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. I, <laughs> I, right. I, I, I have, sorry, I guess one thing here is because yeah. of the jump rain changes and stuff like that, I have appreciated my my Vanguard. Um, mm. it, it makes a big, so, you know, you have your, your fighters and they have lower jump range and lower fuel and stuff like that. The ship, the, and, but, you know, people, the Vanguard came out and people are like, you know, what's the point of this ship? It's, 
It doesn't. It's not as good as a Hornet. Cause it's not as nimble. It has a point. The, it's about the same weapons, but you can't ever bring them to bear. You know, and you know, Arena Commander. You know, why would I ever pick this ship over? You know, a saber or, or a hornet. It's like, well, now it's like, well, I can get there before you do. <laughs> so, uh, yep. yeah, you know, so yep. it's, it's a, it's, it's much more apparent about the differential between these ships and why they say, you know, oh, a hornet is a carrier-based fighter versus some of them are long-range fighters. You know, well, then don't put a damn jump drive in the hornet. Come on. Uh, you know, it's, it's still, even though it's, it can still get there. It just takes a lot longer to get there. Or not a lot longer. I don't know. Man. Like, what is a Hornet's like thirty percent longer than a than like the the highest end ones? So it's not that bad, but still. Well, I, again, I, we we had a discussion a little bit last week while you weren't here, but it just to, to us and to a couple of people in the chat, it just seemed like they were making space bigger. They were uh, this this is a way yeah. to make space bigger, right? And I guess I guess the knock on effect is it does differentiate some of the ships that they've sold. This is not new though. I mean, do you remember what the original discussion was? It was like uh, Chris Roberts said it would take 30 to 45 minutes to cross a, a system, right? And, and at the moment, it doesn't take nearly that long. So it's not... Well, the system is one planet. <laughs> it's, you know, it's one one gas giant with some moons. And then Hurston... No, 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 no. Like, like I can get from... I can get from Olasar to Hurston in the slowest ship possible in about 15 minutes, you know, and I don't think that, I don't think anything requires, they change the fuel mechanics a little bit. I don't think anything absolutely re- requires refueling. You might want to refuel for logistical reasons, but you don't have to refuel on for that jump. And that gets you most of the way across the system that's directly across the star. Everything is eventually going to rotate. So these, these distances will change, but, but right now it's kind of as far as you can go. And it's only 15 minutes or so. I can see, okay, Maybe the, the jump points are a couple of orbits beyond. Maybe the longest jump range is really like 20 minutes. And you add some buffer on there for potentially refilling. So it's kind of in line with what they said originally. Well, and another thing I thought about after the show was the fact that um, I, I'm currently estimating, guessing, or, or, or doing this on a default configuration, what the ship comes with. That's not, yeah. to, that's not to say that I can't put a better... Uh, uh, spool drive in or I can't put a better uh, power plant in or or one more efficient or um, so there's I haven't played with the individual parts to the ships yet there's a chart on reddit I don't have the link handy right now but they do show the jump ranges of the various jump drives that you can you can buy and which ones which ships come stock with those and like I said the vanguard and like the Starfare or something like that come with like the best jump drive and I think it takes me like like five minutes or something like that to make that same jump that I just said that takes the slowest ship 15. Right. So, you know, it, it makes a difference, you know, to buy that better jump drive. Not everything can take the biggest size, but you can definitely like cut your time almost in half by, by, by buying better components. And because of that, I, I'm, I'm less angst about some of the stuff I was angst before because really balancing and playing and, and playing with your configuration is really really something that you want to be considering. I know a lot of people just want to, don't want to play that game but Star Citizen is supposed to be a real world simulator or near to real world simulators. You can be in space three, 300 years in the future but you know what I mean. Well, If people don't want to play the 
the micromanage game, they can just buy a better kitted ship out from the get go. Yeah. Because they have variants of ships and they have just better ships that you can buy that have the better equipment built in as a default, right? Right. And if they'd rather play that game rather than the micromanage game, then by all means. And the micromanaging goes all beyond that too, remember? They can you can um overclock the components and all sorts of stuff. And I'm sure that applies to jump drives too. It, yeah, if, as long as there's engaging gameplay around it, people will not care quite as much. But the difference between whether you have a Vanguard or a Hornet or whether you have a souped-up Hornet versus a stock Vanguard, if you don't, if you're not able to do missions with them at the end of the day, you'll blow all your money on the credit sinks of upgrading your ship and tweaking it and overclocking it, and then you won't be able to earn it back. And that's that's going to be a, a game balance uh, issue that they're going to have to tackle at some point. So as long as they get that balance right, it'll be fine. Because it's like that in Elite right now anyway. You buy a ship, it's got the crappy stock equipment. You do some missions, you earn some money, you get buy better equipment. Then you get to the end game and you engineer all your stuff. And then it really, all your stuff really kicks ass then. So if they have that same mechanic in that same tree, it'll be fine. Just make sure you've got enough stuff to do so you can earn that money. That is, that is a concern even with the current ones. Um, they've had some balance issues with some of the, the missions that are like time requirements. Um, yeah. There was one, I, was a stream I, I watched in which somebody had the Vanguard and they hadn't upgraded any of the weapons on it. And there was a mission they tried to take where you had to destroy so many things so fast and they just couldn't do it in the ship until they figured out how to do it with uh, by either swapping the weapons out or whatever. And so, yeah. again... It was an issue in that particular ship, but it it, it is a, a general concern that if you bring the wrong ship to a, a particular mission, you're going to have problems. Yeah. Uh, and, and that and that can be a game thing anyway. I mean, Elite sure. tries to get around that by saying it's an Elite-ranked mission, uh, so you don't take an Elite-ranked mission unless you have a kick-ass ship, or you're going to pay for it. So as right. long as there's an indication when you take the mission that you better come loaded for bear... That's fine. But these are things that need to be ironed out as, as it goes along, and we're awfully early to do that, which is why maybe they should have waited till some of those mechanics were more fleshed out before they introduced this. But it's whatever order they choose to do it. They're choosing to do it in this order. Fingers crossed, maybe it'll work. Um, but speaking of Elite, because we're getting on to 30 minutes of time here, uh, Beta 4 is uh, Beta Patch 4 is going to be out probably by the time you get this show. Uh, but they had another live stream. And in it, they took uh, a couple of ships out to d- demonstrate the mining. And I think, unintentionally, demonstrated some of the problems with mining at this point. Uh, because there was Will and it was Ed. And Will got jumped like three or four times before he even got to the mining zone. Like, they're, they're playing in open, in the be- they're playing open beta. And he just got tackled. He couldn't even make it from the station to the mining zone. So Ed was on his own, basically, scanning and uh, uh, mining stuff. And in the 30 minutes or so that Ed was flying around, he did not find a single asteroid that he could uh, blow up uh, with the Fisher weapons, with the, with the cracker, with the asteroid crackers. So it seems to me like they might have a little bit of a random number generator problem here. Uh, if they can, If in 30 minutes of flying around... Uh, you can't find and locate something you can blow up and scoop out the juicy middle of. Because that's a big selling point of this new mining stuff, and if you can't find it in th- within like an average 30-minute game playtime, uh, that needs to go back to the drawing board uh, very seriously. Uh, and I think that that, unintentionally, I think they maybe exposed something there. They already said they're going to 
do a balanced pass on the mining payouts. So those payouts are going to improve uh, for the, for all of the new mining um, uh, features, I would suspect, both the abrasion surface stuff and the subsurface stuff and the cracking stuff. But they really need to up the instancing of that uh, cracking stuff because that kind of appeared. Ed even said, hot build. He said, he, at the end of it, he said, it must be a hot build. That must be the problem because I didn't find a single one. But I haven't. I happen to think that it's working as intended right now, and they just need to jack that number up a bit. So, you think that would be something that they they double checked before they live streamed? <laughs> well, but the, but that's the sort of thing where you know, if you're the community team, right? You're the the forward facing part of it, and then you got the dev team in the back, and you get feedback from the beta testers. They're like, "Man, I wish this thing would drop more." And you always want to start off low, right? You can always. You can always buff something, but it's real hard to nerf something. And I think that, you know, you, 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 for the new fancy, you know, the new hotness, you started off low. And I think maybe, hopefully, on this live stream, they got the, they got the notion that, well, maybe we, we have it set too low at this point. Cause if mm-hmm. our demonstration guys couldn't get it to fire with 30 minutes of average playtime, I think that, you know, that, that's, 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 that's an expectation setting thing. You're gonna show all the cool videos with that, and then people can't actually do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that's that's an issue. So hopefully they'll get that. And they'll uh, they'll address that in their balance pass as well. A couple other quick notes: they're gonna have another live stream on November 22nd to show off the new Thargoid incursion state, which is gonna be a part of the background simulation. So for a long time there were a lot of complaints on Reddit and the forums and stuff about how it seems kind of stupid that you've got these eagle eye sensors warning everybody that, hey, the Thargoids are coming, we better blow up scouts and stuff or else we're going to get invaded. But whenever you dock to the station, like, hey, man, how you doing? Come trade some stuff. It's great. We're having a boom right now. You can take some missions for us. Like, you've heard the Thargoids are coming, right? We're blowing them out left and right outside your, outside your port. Now the background simulation will address that. And if you don't kill enough Thargoid scouts in the system within a certain amount of time, the stations will get attacked and be damaged, and it'll have that will that mechanic that we've seen before go in. But now it'll be part of the background state. Your uh, the it, it's like the outbreak uh, we talked about it a couple weeks ago. There's that other category: economy, security, and other. So there'll be outbreak and there'll be incursion. Um, they may have some other surprises for us too, but incursion is the one that's been announced. So um, yeah, if you get the if you get the warning, you probably ought to uh, see to killing yourself some tharcoids before they uh, wreck your wreck your stuff. So I, would, be, I would be cool. I would worry about that in terms of like small factions and orgs that are not able to respond as expediently yep. as they others. did say. They did say that the threshold for preventing would scale according to system, but I don't know if that's if that's going to take into account factions associated with it, or if it's just like the computer population, because mm-hmm. every system has a population number. They didn't say what exactly it was going to scale to. I would imagine and hope that if there was a player managed faction in that system, it would scale to that. Mm-hmm. And I think that they would probably make that happen. I also think that they will probably be hitting systems with player managed factions. I think those go to the top of the Thargoid list because they would expect people to be babysitting those or watching those and then engage with that content as it comes. So word of warning to anybody who's interested in guard frequency response and to all of our players that are out there, uh, expect to get the call here at some point after uh, after it launches because I imagine they'll probably 
you know, it'll probably be five or six or ten systems a week like they do with uh, with other uh, uh, community events type of things. Probably going to see that. Uh, and then final little piece of advice, uh, beta closes November 26th. So if you want to get out and try it, uh, basically the weekend after Thanksgiving, uh, that's it. And they'll be closing the beta off. And then we should see, historically, we see the patch two to three weeks after uh, that which would be about right because it would give them then a week or so to get their traditional dot dot patch out before everybody goes on Christmas break. So it seems like the calendar is is tight but doable uh, to see the patch before the end of the year. And finally, before we let this go, I did get into the beta and I flew the Phantom and the Mamba. They're both pretty cool. I like them both. The Phantom looks awesome. I think it looks better than the Mamba. I like it better than the Mamba. Those engines, the engines just the just. They have me. They have, they have me there. Um, but the Mamba, the view from the cockpit is extraordinary. I think I like it better than my Imperial Courier, and that's saying something, because that's, that's wow. so far it's my favorite cockpit. It's pretty awesome. I think they've done something with the field of view, I think. I think the cockpit instruments sit a little farther away from you field of view-wise, which was a little disorienting at first, but I kind of like it, because it makes the cockpit feel bigger. And it really is like, it's like, you know, those IMAX domes, like those in the planetariums yep. and stuff. It really does kind of feel like that. Uh, so it's, it's, it's kind of cool. And then, but, and then, but the hood, if you've ever driven like an old school Camaro or Corvette, it feels like that. There's a little notch in the middle, so that kind of takes away from it, but it's got that long hood. It's got that really long hood. You're not, it, maybe, maybe, maybe like an old tiny 1970s Oldsmobile might be even a better analogy because it's just like you don't know where the front of the car is. It's in another time zone because it's way out there. Uh, but it looks and sounds pretty cool when you when you do that. It is overheating a little bit, but they also said they're going to do a pass on that before uh, the close of beta. So uh, people should get it their hands on possibly a non-overheating version of the Mamba, but it's pretty slick. As Ken from Chicago says, is it the Mamba number five? I made that joke last week. Oh, so, I'm sorry. sorry. Uh, this now this week it's um, para para bailar, bailar la bamba. I can't speak Spanish tonight. Para bailar la bamba, la mamba. So yeah, I can't even. La la mamba. So uh, if I if I if I sang it, I would get all the words right, but I'm not going to do that. Okay, please. And now that we're all caught up on space sim news, let's get caught up on space news with Galactic Public Radio. Good evening from Galactic Public Radio on NC. I'm Spencer McDunn, and these are the top headlines from around the known galaxy. Whistleblowers are revealing secret investigation results in major cases. For the latest, we go to Smooth Furnace. Thanks, Spencer. Federal and Imperial authorities are locked in crises of confidence in their respective security services. The Federal Security Service recently shut down an investigation into spyware embedded in administrative robots, even suspending its lead investigator. The Imperial Internal Security Service has been hard-pressed to contain near-seditious pronouncements by the Nova Imperium, who has been questioning Emperor Arissa's foreign policy decisions. And just this week, major security breaches on both fronts have been revealed. First, the Federal Times has published a major expose detailing the blackmailing of a senior engineer of the Achilles Corporation. She alleges that Kingsley Cordova, owner of the Mars Tribune, 
forced her to install the software, which was then exploited to uncover confidential data throughout the Federation. This accusation was supported by an official statement by the manufacturer stating, quote, The engineer has provided us with a kill switch that remotely deletes the spy program she designed. We can therefore assure our customers that there is no longer any risk of their private information being misused, end quote. With cast-iron proof of software compromise, the FSS decision to suspend the investigation and the investigator looks more like an admission of something to hide rather than following a cold trail. Next, underground newsfeed Rewired published a leaked report by the IISS, which purports to reveal the true identity of the so-called Imperator. According to the report, the shadowy leader of Nova Imperium is Duke Queso Mordanticus, a former naval admiral. Reportedly, from a long line of decorated veterans, the Duke has earned the loyalty of his former subordinates, with many of them crewing ships under his new banner. While the report notes that his influence extends into the currently serving ranks of the Navy, no overt criminal activity has been observed so far. The fact that this news was leaked, rather than publicly revealed, indicates that Imperial authorities have serious concerns about a former military officer making waves in the active Navy. Will federal authorities clean house in anticipation of the Mars Tribune publishing whatever secrets they've gained? Will Imperial security purge the Navy of those close to Duke Mordanticus? In orbit of Topaz in the Face Chase system, for Galactic Public Radio, I'm Smooth Furnace. Thanks, Smooth. Following the recovery of hundreds of escape pods, Mean Defense Force has announced that the attack on Ramtaz Phoenix Base was carried out in part by junior executives of the Sirius Corporation. Security Chief Harper Vargas told GPR, quote, Other mercenaries confirm that the attack was funded and organized by these individuals, which raises the question why Sirius should be involved with this criminal enterprise, end quote. GPR received an anonymous file cache indicating that a number of low-ranking Sirius Corporation managers organized the raid in order to pressure Mr. Ta into joining a Sirius joint venture for security reasons, without the knowledge of senior officials. A Sirius Corporation spokesman had no comment other than promising to cooperate with all official investigations. Fame author Alla Redcourt has been reported missing. Redcourt recently caused a literary stir by severing ties with his publisher, Bonespire Publishing, and declaring his intentions to revive a long-dead genre known as science fiction. Authorities have had no luck tracking him, and they have a variety of avenues for investigation. Representatives of Bonespire believe he is running from his contract penalties. Literary critics believe he may have been kidnapped or murdered by a disappointed fan. Redcourt's latest book, Corsair King and the Storm of Desire, is the 14th novel of a Plan 25 in the Corsair King series. It features numerous amazing and glorious characters beyond the title hero himself. There is also his beautiful and witty love interests and frequent opponent, Lady Last Day. And who could forget that villainous but dashing privateer, Rough Kiss? The books are a whirlwind of tension and drama, highlighting the passions, dangers, and adventures of early 27th century politics and romance. Everybody loves these books. And if Red Court doesn't return to the series, riots and chaos will no doubt... <clears throat> GPR will follow up on the story as it develops. And in local news, economic projections from Capital City estimate that the electoral success of guard frequency response will result in a short boom period for the system. However, the benefits of that boom are not reaching all political factions. 
Associate Director Richard Clemens of Guard Frequency Response stated, quote, It is to be expected that businesses and pilots working with the winning faction should see most of the benefits from such a sweeping victory, end quote. While most analysts generally agree with that statement, some are warning that neglecting minority political factions could strengthen criminal elements in the system. While current bounty activity is at an all-time low, reports of low-level property crime are up, with some sources blaming the Anseeth Crimson Mafia. For Galactic Public Radio, I'm Spencer McDunn. Good night. As your pilots, I'm Commander Kinetic Impulsor from Guard Frequency Response, here with the essential tips to get you around the deep black and back home again. Today I'm briefing you on countermeasures in Elite Dangerous. We noticed some of you rooks having issue with this and decided to schedule some training. A good set of countermeasures is more than a great way to accessorize a fabulous outfitting ensemble. It can be the difference between your future as a warm-blooded CO2 generator and a nutritional supplement for space pumpkins. So, you'd like to not die from enemy fire out in the deep black. Well, lucky for you, there's a line of Pilots Federation approved equipment made just for that purpose, and it's simply a peach. Yes, a peach. That's point defense, electronic countermeasures, anti-thargoid fields, chaff, and heat sinks. Peach. There. Now you'll remember it forever. Now the question is, what do they do? Point defense is good for shooting down missiles and torpedoes, as those of you who attended my lesson on Guardian technology will recall. Each module comes with 10,000 rounds of kinetic death balls dispensed in an even dozen per magazine. It's best to equip more than one unit to distribute their coverage around your ship. But if you have to choose, I'd recommend covering your aft. Natch. And don't worry about firing it. Your computer will handle everything if you're foolish enough to let a missile or torpedo get within its engagement envelope. However, point defense has its drawbacks. For one thing, it can't engage every member of a swarm of packhounds, and it takes more than one magazine's worth of death balls to knock out a torpedo, so you might want to consider an electronic countermeasure system. Whenever a guided weapon is launched at you, press and hold the activation switch and watch the little green circle on your sensor display expand. As soon as the incoming vampire or vampires is or are inside the circle, which you will see when the symbol on your sensor changes color, then you can release the switch. If all goes well, a concentrated pulse of EM energy will fry the guidance system. Doing this right takes some good timing and even better situational awareness. The good news is, it runs off your power plant and system capacitor, so the other guy will probably run out of missiles before you run out of fuel. The bad news is, he can probably reload faster. Know what else is faster than you? A Thargoid shutdown field. So if you plan on going out into the deep black to pick a peck of pickled murder flowers, you'll need an anti-Thargoid field. Now, it's, it's officially called a Thargoid field neutralizer, but calling it that would screw up my acronym. So there you are. Uh, plant one of those modules in a utility slot and wait for the weird green fireworks to start, or the warning from the computer that it started. And just like the ECM module, hold down the activator until the flower power wave washes over you. And you better hope that your system capacitor was fully charged, because when that stored energy is gone, so is your anti-shutdown field. 
Getting back to something a little more mundane, a good chaff dispenser is a must-have for anybody running cargo in the bubble. Chaff will confuse the tracking sensors of gimbaled and turreted weapons and cause the hit rate of those weapons to drop dramatically. This is useful when combined with a corkscrew maneuver and boosting to open up the range on an opponent. Be advised, you'll still get hit with a few stray shots as the weapons sort of pan randomly around trying to sweep your trajectory, but it's quite effective for the 11 times you can use it before it empties. And now we come to the humble heatsink. You know, it's not just a way to keep your modules from cooking when you pop a shield cell or get too close to a star when scooping or not paying attention to where you're flying. It's actually a very effective target lock breaker. If you can get your heat ratio under 20% and keep a distance of more than 500 meters or so from your opponent, then you just became an unresolvable contact on his sensors. Gimbaled, turreted, and seeking weapons just lost lock on you, temporarily at least. Use those precious moments wisely. And that's all of them. Point defense, ECM, anti-thargoid, chaff, heat sinks. Peachy, right? Finally, a couple of points about defensive modules generally. First, make sure you have enough juice in your system capacitor as these modules draw from that to function. If your shields are down and your four pips to engines and you really want to pop chaff, well, you might need to reprioritize. Second, you've only got so many utility slots. There's literally not enough space to carry every defensive module effectively. Sure, an anaconda might have room numerically, but not a viper or a cobra. And what about shield boosters and scanners? Think ahead and dress for the occasion. Okay, boys and girls, fold up your carpet squares and change into your flight suits. Skids up in 10. See you in the deep black. Come on, Mama's not going to save you today. Let's go. You want to fly or not? Let's kick the tires and light the fires, Big Daddy. All right, so when last we left our adventurers, they had just uh, finished scouting out the basement and had picked up a couple of new friends, Director Clemens and uh, Dr. Chin, and they are going to, uh, they went back upstairs and are now sneaking around the, uh, the upper floor trying to destroy the remnants of the Blue Sun pharmaceutical uh, uh, bioxetine slash combat stabilizer known as Blue Stabilizer. Uh, I believe when last we left, they had sort of set a quasi-self-destruct sequence in the lab. Is that correct, Ryu? That's that's where you were with your... Uh, we hadn't done anything yet. We just done gone yet. in there. You're working on that. Yeah. Uh, uh, and uh, Brian, uh, so um, uh, Roland had just, uh, with uh, Dan, uh, the Sean clone... Mm-hmm. Uh, had just finished uh, getting a couple of barrels out of the storage room and were headed towards back towards the kitchen to go to the disposal unit, right? And they didn't drop anything at all. And they did not make any kind of noise and not almost get caught. That's exactly, <laughs> That's exactly, That's exactly how it happened, yes. Right. That's how I remember it. That's right, exactly. And, uh, so, and then uh, Red Barnes and Ale were the whole time watching out very carefully in the hallway and not at all sneaking around inside the kitchen trying to override the security system. No, we were in the kitchen sneaking around trying to override the security system. And making sandwiches. <laughs> and making sandwiches. Right. Okay. All right. So uh, leave it, So now that we've, we've established what people were and were not doing, uh, I want to go to um, Ryu in the room with uh, the two, uh, we'll call them drug lords for the moment. <laughs> 
Um, uh, and uh, that makes me feel so great that I'm in there by myself. Well, you're the grown up in the room. You know, you're the you're the adult. You're the responsible adult. That's um, what you think. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> as far as we know, you're the responsible adult in that room. Um, you're right, the so, one with the stapler. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> we did give you the office supplies, so there's that. So uh, as you're in there, uh, the two of them have been giving each other the stink eye and sort of bickering back and forth uh, with each other about about what exactly is happening. And the suggestion was that they're going to basically overheat the, the ingredients, essentially, and chemically render them all inert. Do you want to let them go ahead and do that? Do you want to intervene somehow? Do you have any questions about it? Uh, I am just watching very intently, especially the uh, chemistry lady. Because mm-hmm. I don't really trust her. Okay. Uh, so uh, she is. She steps over to the console, starts plugging some stuff in, and uh, then she stops for a second and looks at the screen, and then looks over at Clemens and gets and and start and has has an accusatory look on her face and says, "Did you change the formula?" And he replies, "I." I, the most I did I, that is a preposterous. Roll an insight check. Okay, hold on, I have to find it first. There yeah, it is. Right. Uh, you roll, okay, uh, he he for he looks he looks nervous, but it's it's hard to tell if it's nervousness like this is unexpected or nervousness like how what how how do you know? It, it's you can't really distinguish between the two. He's either really nervous about it. Or he's a little worried that something happened. Something just happened there. Either way, he feels a little out of control right now. You can't really tell why. Hey, you. Start talking. She looks back at the screen and says, This is not the ingredient. This is not This is not the ingredient instructions that I put in. Look. And she points at the screen. And you walk over to the screen. And now I want you to roll a science check. That is not in the same spot. There it is. Oh. Ah. Yay. Nine plus okay. one is ten. That's a good roll. A ten is a, ni- a very good roll indeed. Um, you you're familiar with the, some of the underlying chemistry of it. It's not terribly complex, but what it really is is the machine instructions for when certain ingredients are added, like when when things that are in these preloaded cylinders drop into the vats. And you notice that the bitoxanine is in there twice, once near the beginning of the uh, process, and again near at the end. Uh, so you this this sort of explains why that extra crazy nerve agent thing is, is got in uh, because it's in there twice and the chemist is now saying that should not be happening. What do you do with that? Uh, well, I was saying start talking to the other guy, so I guess I'll repeat oh, it and actually okay. make sure I'm looking at him this time. <laughs> okay, all right. I thought you, I thought you were talking to to uh, Doctor Shen. Okay, so uh, he looks up and he says, "I don't touch that stuff. None of that goes through me. That, that we give that to the lab assistants. I don't even know what you're talking about. What is what's on the screen? Why are you guys looking at me like that? Because you're sweating over there. I'm sweating because I'm surrounded by drug-addled maniacs who are trying to kill everything in sight, and a bunch of strangers who just waltz into the, my laboratory and uproot me. I'm trying to get out of here alive and trying to get all everybody else out of here alive too that isn't already insane. Be funny if I showed it right now. I'm like sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> you can. Because <laughs> I have sandwiches. Yep, okay. oh, yes, please. Thank you. I'll take okay. one. Uh, uh-huh. All right, so Red Barnes walks in the door in the middle of all this. He sees the end of Director Clemens' speech and says, Sandwiches? 
uh, uh, Adira takes one. The other two I do guess. not, and continue <laughs> to kind of stare daggers at each other. All right, I'll but, shrug and I'll, I'll I'll eat one of the sandwiches uh, that they don't take. And ready to ready to sandwich. Uh, Adira, do you want to do I'm, anything with with the with what with we the what here? <laughs> I'm not going to make you roll to eat the sandwich. This is this is something your character's familiar I'm with. You've made great leaps as a game master. <laughs> <laughs> We've been over this. We've been over this. Yeah, yeah. On a critical fail, you choke on the sandwich and die. Okay. And, then, and, then, and then ship has to do a Heimlich maneuver and it's a whole adventure. <laughs> uh, so uh, as 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 you as you chew on the sandwich, there's a little nervous tension. Do you want to do anything with what you see on the screen? So, um, I mean, like, the only thing that I know is that they're adding twice the amount in, right? Mm-hmm. That's what you can see from, from what's on here. Okay. So, I guess I just look at the science lady and say, so, obviously, that's what the problem is. And uh, Sweaty over there doesn't act like he knows what's going on. So... Do you have any ideas on the lab assistants that might have done this? And then I say under my breath, although I still think it was was sweaty over there. Clemens is looking a little bit, uh, a lot offended. That's his but name. <laughs> Dark Director Clemens is holding his tongue at the moment, but he's you can you can tell he's furious. Uh, Mr. Barnes, uh, you're there chewing on a sandwich. I need you to roll. Bio-weath-toxiny. <laughs> I need you to roll a um I want you to roll a science check. Science plus science. Not my I was hoping you say insight, but uh, no. Well with a plus oh, oh. I'm, I'm gonna science the crap out of this. You <laughs> science all the 10. science. Very, very, very nice. Yeah, science. Um, yes, science. Mr. White, uh, we are talking Science about blue again. drugs here, so this makes that makes a lot of sense. Um, you recall from the earlier mission that there was a, uh, uh, a data pad in the uh, crate you found on the Aurora, uh, in the in the cargo hold, and that data pad had the formula on here. This formula, the one with the bitoxine added twice, it's almost like that was the amount that was supposed to be on there. Okay, so I'll say, um, Kin Shadow found this formula, the one on the screen on that pad that we found on in the Aurora, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. On the Aurora in that box of drugs. And then th- that's when Clemens stops looking uh, starts looking stops looking angry and starts looking very scared. Kind of sits down in the corner and like rocking in a little ball. <laughs> Listen dude, I was serious right about you talking. I've got a stapler and I'm not afraid to use it. <laughs> Roll an intimidation check. Is that way? Is that, yeah, yeah. I'm still yeah. in the hallway, just hanging out, right? Yeah, you, you can wander in if you want to. It's like it, uh, I, I figured I was lookout since Shiv went in. There's nobody else guarding the door. Uh, so he 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 looks he looks at you, but the stapler fails to impress. Ah, the stapler fails. Come on, to impress. it's got a jam staple in there with the prong sticking out. I can do some damage with that. <laughs> he's, he's he. You might be able to, yes, but he is. He's afraid of something bigger than a stapler at this point. Go ahead, Brian. So, so to Henry's point, uh, I'm incinerating stuff with Dan in the kitchen, right? Yeah, you made it. You successfully made it. To, we'll say you successfully made it to the kitchen with that almost failure of a stealth check. Uh, with that, let, with that. Let, let me know when I'm done, and I, I walk. I assume I would come in here next. Okay, uh, so you make it. You make it back into the lab. Or the, into the lab. That's fine. You and Dan and 
Uh, Chiv, Henry, now that there's nothing to look out for, really, you can come in there, too. And you, the, the scene before you is uh, Sin uh, and uh, Adira kind of near the computer console. Uh, Ren, uh, Red Barnes chewing on a sandwich, kind of looking at the console, but it's sort of apart from them. Clemens in the corner, curled up in a little ball, kind of in the fetal position. He's not, like, all the way over, but he's sitting. He's sitting on the floor, kind of curled up, uh, looking very afraid. Hey, you with the pretty gun. Can you come intimidate this guy for me? I, he looks intimidated enough. What has got <laughs> you so freaked out? Ask him. That's who I'm talking to. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> so this I, I, screen here, I tell Ken Shadow when he walks in, this has the formula you found on the pad, and he started going all egg-shaped over there <laughs> when he found out about it. I, I look around the room. Is there any... Is there anything that I recognize as something that would, would make a huge boom? Um, roll a, what would, that, what would that be? What are we going to call that? Why don't you roll a uh, streetwise check? Roll a streetwise check. You're going you're gonna to try to improvise an explosion. Roll streetwise. Nine. A nine? Okay, so there's things in, there's things, there's a big stirring vats, right? There are big pressure vessels. Theoretically, if things got hot enough and contained steam, or, you know, boiling liquids, that could make stuff explode from a steam pressure. You don't notice anything that's, like, particularly flammable uh, or, or explosive that way. But you could... Do, do, I, do I have enough confidence in my own skill to, to, um, to just totally wreck this building with this room? Roll a... <laughs> roll a guard frequency check. Yeah, roll a guard <laughs> frequency check. Now, uh, once you roll a... Um, you know what? Roll a grenade check. Roll a grenade check. <laughs> no. I okay. Four. Yeah. You, you, with your with your basic familiarity with uh, explosives and explosions and other things, you you un, you get the idea that you could wreck the gear in here. Uh, you know, no people would be able to. The the equipment would be unusable, but the facility itself would not be heavily damaged. And you know, if, as long as they could replace the machines, they could. You know, the building would still be usable. Um. Okay, so uh, who else? Uh, somebody did somebody. Uh, Henry uh, Romulan Ale was going to talk to dude on the floor who went. I believe he said egg shaped. Yeah, that that reaction makes no sense. Okay, <clears throat> I mean your formula. You're in the basement making a formula. They're upstairs making your stuff and screwing it up. They've got orders to screw it up, and it didn't come from you. And now you're freaked out. What's 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 freaking you out? Roll a diplomacy check. Diplomacy. How come none of these are ever where I expected? <laughs> that's in social skills. I got it. Where it belongs. A four. Oh, he, he, yeah, he, he looks up at you and says, you don't know, and you don't want to know. I do. That's why I ask. Okay, buddy. What's on your mind? We're all friendlies! So let's just be friendly. Some say he took a congregational music class all over again for a requirement and for the fresh breath. But all we know is he's called the shiv and he'll put together this week's feedback. I'm, I'm still yeah, I'm trying. Stumped. I'm still trying to work this it out. Is the third time I've read it, and I still <laughs> yeah. don't. We'll get it. We'll get it sometime during during. Yeah. Something to do with sins of a solar empire. Yeah, yeah, maybe that's. What <laughs> and a recap of last week's community question: Place your bets, ladies and gentlemen. Three point three point five is still on for mid Q four. And will Descent Underground make it out in time for Black Friday? Well, I guess we all got the answer to those questions, didn't we? Let's <laughs> see who else got it right or wrong. Binu Ra says, 
3.3.5 is out for subscribers in PTU. So soon, so sooner than soon, TM. Looking forward to playing the single-player campaign in Descent, haven't been keeping up enough to know where Oculus, whether Oculus Rift is supported or not. As for Chivalry Bean's joke, maybe it has something to do with Solaris? Edit, sometimes it helps to, t- to listen to all the way through the feedback loop. Yes, yeah, it, it, took, it took us a while, but Henry finally got it. I, I do want to point out that I got the Stellaris clue. I just had no idea how to connect it. So it was a team effort there, but Henry brought it home. Way to go, Henry. Uh, on, on the set, I think they did uh, include Oculus support in the mul- multiplayer um, version, but I don't know what the new version is going to have, so we'll have to find out. I would think, I mean, doing that is something you have to kind of design in early, so I would suppose that if they had it baked in at an early stage, it would make very little sense to stop yeah, the the, yeah, the only the only problem would be is how they're doing the um, like the the story elements because there was no story elements in, in the multiplayer. Like you're really just in a cockpit. They did say cutscenes. They did say they're going to do cutscenes. So, so what, yeah. what that happens happens in VR for that? We'll we'll find out. Well, I mean, I guess it's not impossible because we did see mistakenly leaked uh, from uh, Frontier. That they were going to do some sort of downloadable pack, and they had mission giver cutscenes uh, embedded somewhere. Mm-hmm. So it seems like it's not a total impossibility to make uh, cutscenes work in VR. Probably just more work. So we'll see if they were able to come through with it on the release. And in general feedback, Rebel says, not really show feedback, but have you guys seen the Brian Fargo interview about Kickstarters and how no matter if you add a thousand extra things in that that are not stretch goals, people will fixate on the three stated things that are goals, even if they actually don't turn out to be good ideas and ignore the other hundreds of improvements that are made. Hmm, I wonder if that's a subtext for anything. (laughs) Just had a massive catch-up session for about two months worth of shows after resigning from work. I think you should have a phone-in episode, and then I can sally forth and tell you the myriad of ways Tony is an ignorant slut. Maybe you should point that gentleman to uh, um, to the ignorant slut game. Yes, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, you can, you can, you can, ignorant slut all day long if you want to. Yeah. You can, you can waste a lot of time on the ignorant slut game. Uh, guardfrequency.com forward slash T Y I S T Y I S. Tony, you ignorant slut. Slot. Tony, you ignorant slot is the game. Yeah. The other thing is, is me. Um, so uh, we haven't had a call in show for a while. And basically, the reason is we quit using TeamSpeak. And it's hard to do, it's hard to get people in and out of, uh, this product we're currently using hangouts on air uh it's hard to get people in and out of that with any kind of efficiency so we haven't done a call-in show for a long long time maybe we'll try to bring back again it's not impossible we should uh, have a show in which we encourage people to send audio files and then we pre-edit their audio files they could do that they could draw they could record an mp3 and and drop it into our server give them a a fixed time limit you know and then we can comment on whatever they say sure sure that's an idea we could try that or right, we, could, we'll give or we could try doing this uh, directly on Twitch or Discord itself. We could we could do that. Um, we could just do we could just have a Twitch. We could just have a Twitch show. We could just one day just just do a live Twitch stream and just answer questions. Right. If we had enough people. Yeah. But we'd have to we'd have to advertise it for a while and then do that kind of thing. And we'd probably have to give away a prize or something. Which we That's could okay. do. I mean, uh, we've been trying to get um, uh, Paul back on from uh, HCS, so. You know that could, may, may that 
but we could do something with it when he comes on that night. He could he, he might have a voice pack code or two that he might yep. uh, might chuck out there. All right, well, do this. We'll take this under advisement. But good 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 suggestion. We'll 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 work on this. We'll work on this. Alec Turner writes in. Am I going to write in about the Mamba as a racing ship? You're damn right I am. I cannot wait to get my hands on that thing. It's an absolute beauty. It might not win a typical buckyball race since jump range is often a factor, but it sure looks the part and we're going to create a race specifically for it. I'm not a super knowledgeable about cars, but it reminds me of something like an AC Cobra. Yeah, no, I get that. I'm not going to win Le Mans or even the top fuel drag race, but when you pull up next to someone in traffic lights and rev the engine, hell yeah. Smiley face. Big smiley face, yeah. yeah. Big smiley face. Oh, and this week's uh, nuggets, I'm not sure I want to take advice from people who don't even know what SLF stands for. Single launch fighter, indeed. Sticky outy face. Adore the show. Stay on the guard, folks. Hashtag guard frequency is always right. Hashtag even when they're wrong. <laughs> so, brief clarification here. You are correct. In the introduction, I did say, I did write single launched fighters. That was because I have been saying that line for like four weeks in a row and just never bothered to change it. If you listen to Nuggets, it is, cor- I, I, it is correct. Ship launched fighters. So it's wrong in the intro. It's right in the Nuggets. So just, just, just listen to the Nuggets. Just listen to the Nuggets, Nuggets. It's in there. It's in there. And yes, I, I, get, I get what you're saying about the AC Cobra. It's like a big, mean, long hood. Yeah, I, I, I totally get it. And I think... Uh, you know, I, I think you could the race for uh, for the for there. I think it would be a fun canyon racer, and watching people collide into the canyon walls would be most of the fun of that race because that thing does not turn very very well. I got it in the beta and I a rated everything, no engineering, but just a rated everything, and it it gets up and goes, but it does. It I like to see him do a turn. mining field or a res a high you know one of those asteroid fields and and. Uh, you know, have a course lay if they if there was some way to make a course through one of those uh, in and out, up and down, and and you can't just turn max speed on those things and through the asteroids. Yeah, yeah, it would be, it'd be tough to mark a course though because everything's rotating and right. the asteroids do move a little bit. It'd be tough to have a fixed course. I, I think Elite needs to develop pylons, stationary pylons that uh, race. You know, some race. Uh, so you can mark out a course. You know, if they fixed their little problem with uh, the rate of droppages on the planet cracker, the asteroid cracker things, oh, yeah. you could crack a series of asteroids because those are persistent. They've said that they're going to persist in those instances beyond uh, just the regular time. So Because, you know, you, could, you can crack one and then come back and suck out the delicious goo in the middle. So... If that's the case, those would be a good way to mark a course because if you get three or four or five of them in a row, right, uh, and within within a reasonable distance, say thirty or forty kilometers, uh, you could you could you could have make people you know weave in and out of those yeah. uh, as they went. That could that could work. There you go, Alec. That's for you. Ken from Chicago says, "Remember Tony's concern in Star Citizen of other players attacking your ship while you're adventuring." An Elite Dangerous player has accounted for it in a way I hadn't considered. E.g., NPC guard teaming up using easier-to-hide land vehicle. 
and he uh, links the video. All right, so uh, it's a six-minute-long video that he sent in to us, which we have not seen until this very moment because Shiv compiles the feedback and puts it in uh, the document, and so we haven't seen this. But the final line, I think, is one that we can all um, take to heart, and there it is, payback for shooting my ship earlier, ya dick. So we, we will review this video, and we will have commentary on it for next week. Uh, for next week's show. So, uh, but I think the sentiment expressed at the end of the video is, of course, applicable in every ganking situation. Uh, and we, we applaud your sentiment, sir. Kent Ken in chat says, those were my examples of how to counter it. In the video, he had heavy armor and shields. I think, I think the point is, is that the ship that the, 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 the guy attacking the ship while he was away didn't work his way all the way through all of the armor and shields by the time he got back. And so he was able to board his craft in time and, and, and get it away from the guy. So yeah, that's that, that is an excellent tactic. Uh, be indestructible. I like this <laughs> tactic. I recommend it to everybody for all occasions to be indestructible. That's a good thing. No, but I still, I still want to, I still want to watch the video too. Cause I think it's, it's, it's like we were talking about earlier in the live stream. Will was unable to get to the mining thing because he got jumped three or four times. So, Specking out a ship for one job, like mining and neglecting your defensive capabilities, is a recipe for disaster in open and elite. That's just that's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you if you want to do that, if you want to uh, min max a ship for a particular job, you're well advised to play either in solo or in private. Uh, if you're going to go anywhere near a populated system or stream, uh, because you have a target painted on your back. Because uh, in order to even survive a few seconds of a, of a serious v- PvP player, or even a not-so-serious PvP player, you need to uh, consider devoting serious resources to armor, a good shield, uh, a good boost speed, uh, so you can get some distance. These are this is just a way of it's just the way of things in open. Barry Dar writes in and says, "Hi there." Look what we tabulate, allowing for, in spite of you, a provocative offers, trustworthy click on the Entanglement Junior Tutu School. Well, thanks, Barry. (laughs) And thanks, Shiv, for putting that feedback into the notes. We appreciate your hard work and support and your filtering capabilities. Still don't understand the some say this week, but we'll work on it some more. Did anybody else get it at this point? We're at the end of feedback. No? Yeah. Yeah. No? No? I still don't understand it. No, I don't understand it. And I don't understand his comment either there. So, but whatever. I'm pretty sure that's a spam that somehow <laughs> snuck through our spam filter. Yes, that we of, pay, course, of course we pay for did. every month. I thought it was a Clown Bobo post at first. Uh, no, no, no. Cl- Clown Bobo is, has gone dark for the moment. For the moment. We may we may hear from Clown Bobo again in the, in the near to medium term. But for the, for the moment, he has gone dark. Um but uh, yeah, so uh, part of part for our Patreon supporters, we thank you every every week, and Jeff is about to thank you again. But part of what you pay for goes for a spam filter on our comments page, which apparently this guy was Weasley enough to evade. So congratulations, Barry Dar. Uh, you know you've you've, you've you've you snuck around it. Way to go! And uh, no new Patreon this week, but of course Tony has something to say. And we're almost to the end of month two on our Patreons who are supporting us and are going to get a t-shirt at the end of it. So thank you for your support. Keep it coming. And this week's community question, is there a ship you're excited to fly in the CIG Freefly? Did you get incursioned by a Thargoid in the Elite Beta? And otherwise, how was the show? Are the Mambas too hot to handle? Or are the Anvils getting ready to drop? 
Drop us an email, a tweet, or a comment on our show posts, which you can find on our website and over on our Facebook page. And that'll bring us to the end of episode 238 of Guard Frequency. We'll be back with episode 239 on November 27th, 2018. So be sure to keep an ear out for our shows over at GuardFrequency.com. We'd like to thank the entire team at Guard Frequency and the Priority One Network. Thanks to our community manager, Justin Chivalry Bean Lowmaster, our artist and master web slinger, Ben Sanders, our elite contributor, Baxter, and of course, our audio engineers, Mikey Lennon and Bill Hardy. Thanks to our syndication partner, The Bass. And special thanks to Ronald Jenkins for his permission to use his music in our show. Visit RonaldJenkins.com for more of his work. But above all, we especially want to thank you folks for tuning in. If no one's listening out there, the deep black gets pretty lonely. Reduce thrust. This is Tony, intro, sync one. This is Jeff, intro, sync two. This is Ken Shadow, intro, sync three. And intro in three, two. Here, give me one second. I might turn on my king just a little bit. I will give you one other second. Testing one more time. Three. All right, okay, two. here we go. <clears throat> and testing more things and... Recorded on Fro- Fro- Froday. <clears throat> Froday. Recorded on Friday, November 18th, November 16th. I can't read numbers. <clears throat> Friday, November 97th. Heroes Rise brings you up to date with the world of Dungeons and Dragons. Or, I don't even like that. I said that. Dun, 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 Heroes dun. Rise. Dungeons and Dragons. What have we got in store this week, Tony? Oh, I'm sorry. Or <laughs> the other guy. Sig announces, <clears throat> Sig announces a flea, flea fry. <clears throat> a flea fry. Flea fly flow. It's a flea fry. They're going to roast little fleas. You don't like popcorn. Juxtaposition of my second consonants <laughs> nowadays. <clears throat> All right. Sig announces a flea fly. I did it again. <clears throat> Sig announces a free fly week with daily changes to the to the fly before you. Try that. Try, Go ahead. Uh, the fly ahead. before Just, you try. The, try yeah. the fly and try. The try flies. <clears throat> I'm going to start all the way over. All right. Here we go. Yeah, you two could be taking phone calls that uh, prevent you from being where you're supposed to be. Like what? Never mind. Taking phone calls? Or... <clears throat> you were speaking at... I'm slow tonight. Uh, I, you were, oh, okay. You were, you were speaking about uh, celebrity uh, run amok, and I was talking about the the lack of, of, of uh, not showing up somewhere where he's supposed to be. Oh, right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> because he was... Well, yeah. Taking too many. I think bumps. he should have gone. You know, if he had it to do over, I think he would have said should have been something about weather. Something about weather would have should have no, gone. No, no, that, 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 play, that was played out. Too the obvious. Day. Too, too ob- obvious. Oh. <laughs> but this is what. So. Go ahead. Good. Sorry. Go, go ahead. Jeff. No, you go. Go. Go, Jeff. Go. Okay. Go, Jeff. Go, Jeff. Go. And now that we're all caught up on space sim news, let's get caught up on space news with Galactic Public Radio. Did that sound okay? Did that it come out sound, of my face? It could right? sound punchier. It could sound punchier. It, it didn't sound like it came out of my face right. I'm going to try it again. <laughs> I heard the words. But this didn't sound like the record. And now that we're all caught up on Space Sim News, let's get caught up on Space News with Galactic Public Radio.
That was a little flat there, Tony. I mean, well, flat? It was flat, really? Yeah. Okay, all right, hang on. Think Galactic, I'm let me my whistle. Galactic whistle. Public Radio. I mean, come on. Well, I mean, Galactic Public, Public Radio is flat. That's the idea. Galactic Public Radio. <laughs> the whole point of Galactic Public Radio is it's boring. Okay. Hmm. According to the report, the shadowy leader of Nova Imperium is Duke Caseo Mordanticus. Now it's my turn to have a hard time with this. Mordanticus? Mordanticus. Will Imperial Security purge the Navy of those close to Duke Mordanticus? Mordanticus. Will Imperial Security purge the Navy of those close to Duke Mordanticus? Mordanticus, Mordanticus. That's a stupid name. It sounds like a really bad comic book villain. In orbit of Topaz, in the fate. I hate this game, too. Jesus, it's me having all the trouble with names this week, Jeff. You're lucky. Face Che? Facici? Face Che. Facici sounds dumb. <laughs> sounds like poop. I'm not going to say that. Uh, face Che. I'm going to say Face Che. GPR received an anomaly. <clears throat> this is Tony. Feedback closing. Sync one. This is Jeff. Feedback closing. Sync two. This is Chef Ken Shadow. Feedback and closing scene three. <laughs> okay, here we go. Here's hoping. Fingers crossed, everybody. Feedback closing in three, two. All right, Lennon. I saw you in Lotro. I tried to catch up with you, but you were gone.